0: Hello and a big welcome back to Expected Goals. I am joined once again, of course, by Liam. Enjoy the game, Liam, by any chance?
1: Just a tiny bit. Um, no, it was, it was really nice to see. Um, for a side who have struggled holding on, to, holding on to Leeds, I think we quite literally held on to Leeds quite well. Um, their, their lowest XG, I believe, please don't jump at me if I'm wrong, but I had a quick sample of something That's their lowest XG under Bielsa um, in a game, which is, you know, quite mighty for for a a side who were, you know, brandished and by many Leeds fans in the summer as a small club who Ben White would never want to play for. So, you know, more than anything, great to hit the three points, especially with, you know, West Brom winning, but then other teams around us dropping points and losing and really hopefully feels like sort of a turning point in our season.
0: Absolutely. I like that at the start. How long have you been uh, uh, kind of revising that line, holding on to Leeds indeed? I think it was a very well-controlled performance um, i was nervous just because i sensed the game was kind of going to explode into life in the second half at some point but it didn't really go that way um, some really fantastic play for our um, for our goal i mean it's been it's been mentioned and waxed lyrical about so much uh, but the move is exceptional I was screaming at mcallister to shoot when he received the part hmm. from Trossard and the presence of mine to to pick out morpay um for for a tap in and i saw um it's just it's a it's a perfect Glen Murray performance. We we talked um, a couple of pods back about our um, maybe need for another striker, potential signings that we could make. Um, you you brought up uh, the the check Glen Murray. You know Glen Murray's like a figure that we've been been missing a little bit. There's a question mark over more pay, but zero point nine xG and one goal scored is a, is a Glen Murray performance. Mm. If I've ever seen one, um, I don't know the exact xG of 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 the of the goal. I, I expect it's very close to zero point nine. Or um, it must be there or thereabouts, but uh, that is that is the sort of goal that you want your striker to be scoring. Um, I'm so, yeah, we we scored the first goal, and I was very I was kind of mentioned to you before that I think that it was very important for us to get the first goal, and I think we deserved it. We played well, and certainly better than Leeds in the first half. Um, but the pitch was horrendous, and I think Leeds fans and Brighton fans alike were pretty dismayed with the state of the uh, the playing surface, and I don't think it helped Leeds at all sat their legs as much as ours, and you know, trying to move the ball around and and create openings against a very resolute Brighton defence, it wasn't happening on a very slow pitch. Uh, so I think if we had conceded first, we would have struggled. Um, although saying that, Leeds just don't sit back, do they? They they're not the team that uh, that scores the goal and, and then says, okay, that'll do. Um, that might have been more prudent to do if if that had been the case. Um, but in but in any case, I'm pleased that we got the, got the goal another win, another away win, mm. um, and a very, very important point, uh, three points, I should say, um, considering we were nine games without a win. What were your general thoughts about our performance? Is that up there with performances of the season?
1: Well, I think obviously has to be assessed after sort of the, the full season um, completes. I, I, you know, I hope that we can do even better than that. I, I'd love for that to be the case. Um, I think in the way that we've sort of set up to exploit the opposition, um, really, really good particularly like how we sort of played through their press. And I'm going to write a piece actually this week. Um, so listeners obviously keep, keep your eyes peeled. Um, a lot of good numbers from the game. But I think that um, would be interested to get your thoughts on this, Charlie. Obviously, it was, it was quite prevalent in terms of the goal being scored. Um, but I thought we broke their press really nicely on multiple occasions. A lot, a lot of nice one-twos, combinations between players. Um, I noticed Webster positioned quite high at times in build-up to sort of receive um, when the board played in development. um, or to sort of further forward players. Uh, Basim did it a couple of times in the second half when he came on. Um. And, and, you know, everyone knows of, of, of the pressing threat that Leeds offer. Um, and as I said to Charlie off-air, that, that having spoken to some some Leeds people on one of the Leeds pods, um, actually before the game, they were saying, obviously, you know, are we fearing coming up against this press? Uh, and one of the comments that I made was that, obviously, we've had so many teams sit back against us when we've had such high possession that, you know, we might thrive against a team coming out and pressing us. And, and that was thankfully proven for the goal. Um, you know, in terms of, I think they had six, six, six outfield players, which is obviously uh, well over um, half, half their outfield players in our half for the goal. Um, and a lot of comments before the game about, you know, the absence of Basuma, who's been nothing short of outstanding this season. Um, but it was one caveat that I placed with that was he's a really good player, really quite good against the press normally as well, really quite pressure resistant. Um, but I think Basuma works really well when he's, you know, he can have lots of touches on the ball, likes to manipulate the ball. Almost quite good at sort of drawing a press when teams sit back as well, that you can keep the ball um, for a while, draw players out of position. I thought that, you know, the inclusion of, of the likes of Pascal Gross in midfield, um, McAllister further upfield and Ben White, were players that would maybe thrive better off with of fewer touches. And, you know, we saw that sort of bear out in the goal itself when, you know, obviously the, the ball was won by, by Dan Byrne. I think Sonny March put it on and then a lovely round-the-corner pass from Gross sort of set the attack on its way. So I think, you know, it's really important to to recognise... How sort of fine-tuned Potter will be in terms of picking the squad for for these games, and you know, as good as Basuma is, that um, I'm not sure if you know his fitness was lacking at all because obviously he'd missed out the City game. Um, but you know, I thought the players that were selected, despite all the immense criticism they come up, come under on Twitter, sort of at uh, sort of two o'clock to to, I suppose sort of three fifteen when the first goal went in, that um, you know it, it really shut a lot of Brighton fans up as well, um, which I, I think they're probably more than happy to to be you know ha- have that reaction and, and no complaint sort of. Placed at them because we have been poor in previous games this season, um, and, and you know Potter has understandably come under stick for his team selection and, and perhaps how heavily he relies on rotation. Um, you know, I thought the players that he selected were excellent, and, and you know, big props to Alexis McAllister for, for having a really good game going forward again. Show glimpses of it at City, uh, and you know, potentially thriving more in sort of a counter-attacking side. Obviously, um, you know, I don't know we plan to t- chat later in the pod, Charlie, uh, about you know whether we're better as a pragmatic side or not. Um, and, and maybe sort of the idea that we maybe might be able to sort of uh, marry the the possible in-possession approach with sort of the Hewton pragmatism to sort of get, get the best results. Um, but really with him going forward, you know, his ability to combine. I'd written about it um, when I looked at him in the summer. Um, more from a shooting aspect, to be honest, in terms of he combines quite well with the striker to then uh, get shots off. But, you know, I love a lovely link up from him and Trossard. And and I think I mentioned it on a, on a pod a short while ago that, you know, we, we never seem to score tap-ins where it's a player scoring two yards out um, you know, bypassing the keeper, you know the, the big extra chances we create. Do you still, you know, seem to have players in the way? So I was delighted to see us score. What was pretty for all intents and purposes, quite a Man City like goal. Um, so you know, I was, I was delighted about that. And, and seven now from a pie, um who, who's, as you mentioned, Charlie, you know, a, a real sort of Glen Murray performance. That we all know how good he can be at dropping in and receiving the ball and linking play. Um, so it's really nice to see him used tactically well. I, I know how good Luke Ayling is going forward. Um, I think he's got the, the best ball carrying numbers sort of in in the top five leagues in Europe. Um, but, you know, clearly wasn't quite at the races defensively. Um, a really nice from Mapai. And props for finishing it because, you know, as good a chance as it was, actually wise, but we put put chances wide as is he in sort of previous games of the season. So um, really nice. Scoring once again with our first shot of the game. Um, really, really sort of pointless statistic here. But in all three games that we've won this season, we scored with our first shot of the game. Danny Welbeck at Villa, Neil Mapai from the spots at Newcastle, who then scored with our second shot of the game at Newcastle as well. Obviously tapping in from Leo Trossard's cross. Uh, and then of course, apply once again uh, tell him road on Saturday.
0: that is an interesting stat actually that is um you wonder whether there's a psychos- sort of psychological element there when mm. you missed a few chances, a few shots blazed over the bar early on, despite you know being on top, you don't take so much confidence from controlling the game. the confidence ultimately comes from scoring goals or getting productive shots off so that, that is a very I think that's actually quite a telling stat in terms of so the players let them know that they must score the first mm. goal of uh, muscle with their first shot otherwise they're it's basically worthless. Um I was very I was very impressed with the with the players that, that were picked, as you say, um some doubt and um upset amongst amongst the fans when they see the team likes of Burn, likes of Gross. Gross covered so much ground. That that my thinking was that Gross would be covering a lot of ground and trying to mm. match his running numbers. I think Basuma covers a lot of ground as well as pressures And his tackles, breaking up play, uh, very effective also. But, uh, you know, we don't know the state of his fitness. There could be all sorts of reasons why. uh, But Gross and and Ben White did really, really well. Ben White, when he has gone into midfield, I think um, that was probably his best game for us in midfield up there with Palace. I mean, restricting Palace to to one shot, uh, which was a penalty, which wasn't, uh, as we may or may not have mentioned before uh you know that's the perfect defensive midfielder performance in in my mind that's uh, a very astute observation and a deployment of of a player with specific traits by potter and as much as people don't seem to like him in midfield I, um i can understand that I th- that there are other players that or rather he he offers a lot in the defensive unit and whether people like Byrne or veltman in that three uh, is another matter but when he plays in midfield he does a job and the job that he's he's there to do very, very well, in my opinion. Um, Not just defensively minded, of course, um, involved in the build-up for, um, I think it was the Aston Villa game, I suppose he kind of strode into Mm -hmm. and and was involved in the build-up before March scored. But in any case, um, Gross covered loads of ground. Veltman, brilliant defensively, uh, won lots of tackles. Tricky against Rafinha, who's been in really, really good form and Mm. one of of Leeds' most important players over the last few games. Um, But I think he dealt with him pretty well. It's a tough opponent. You you know, you're not always going to be able to tackle him every time. Got skinned a little bit, but it's just one of those things that you have to have to deal with and react to with regards to sort of marrying the pragmatism and and sort of maybe possible. The interesting thing is we're, we're kind of said before that, you know, we're close in terms of getting the results and the performance levels have been generally good. And and we've also, as you mentioned, you know Leeds' style may have may have benefited us in in a small way. They had so many players in in our half uh, when we managed to play through for for the opening goal. Look, I've got um there's a graph here by StatsBomb which basically has every Premier League team labelled in terms of four, in four quadrants um, via expected goals for and against per ninety. And so you're either in low quality chances created, high quality chances conceded. That's obviously the worst quadrant you want to be in. And then the elite quadrant is uh, high quality chances created, low quality chances conceded. And then obviously the, uh, the other two being less creative teams, but better defensively and more creative teams, but more lax defensively. Leeds are far and away on their own in that top mm. right hand corner for high quality chances created, but very high quality chances conceded. You know, no one else really comes close to them in terms of location. There's lots of other teams that are dotted, and West Brom are the other kind of outlier in terms of they are miles and miles away in the top left hand corner, which is high quality chances conceded and not very good chances created on average, which, you know, suggests that they are not really performing well at all. We we are in the elite quadrant. We don't have so many expected goals for as, say, Leicester, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, but our defensive numbers are very, very impressive. And I have to say that we are probably a more balanced team than, say, the like of, likes of Leeds. Maybe Southampton, sort of Southampton, maybe less, um, kind of less proficient um, yeah, attacking wise. But they do have the Danny Ings factor, which is something that if mm-hmm. we had, I think we, you know, we'd be. I'd, God, I don't even want to think about where we'd be mm-hmm. in the league. I think that would be incredible. But in any case, I want, I want to suggest that. We are putting up enough we are we're doing this this it has to be managed on a game by game basis because obviously it depends on your opposition you know there's there's an argument to me made for and against having possession, not having possession um and we will go into that in in, in a short while and have got have looked at uh, our record in terms of um having more or less possession than the opposition over the last few seasons but I, I think that realistically. You, you mentioned Tao as an example who attacks better against disjointed defences. And I think McAllister benefits from that also. Um, he's very quick with his vision, kind of sees the picture before before it's happened. I like that he's very imaginative with the, with his passing and always positive also. Um, I think Gross has sort of evolved as a player and become a little bit more steady, um, helps us keep the playing a little bit deeper against Leeds and, and was helping us keep the ball. Um, but I think there's a lot to be positive about. I think that generally keeping our numbers up, Leeds did not have many chances whatsoever and the conditions didn't help them. But it was a fantastic defensive performance and, a, and as good as the goal was, um, I don't think anything should be taken away from the centre-backs and, of course, um, the two in midfield who, who, who ran the show.
1: No, not at all. Um, a, a wonderful defensive display. Um, just looking at some of the numbers, quite interesting, as you mentioned, Charlie, about the importance of, of being defensively solid. And of course, you can do that in sort of one of two ways. Um, you can do that by by sitting deep. You can do that by having more possession or, or by pressing high. Um, so, for instance, this season, um, is, this was the eighth occasion which we'd, according to, to Statsbombs data, um, we limited teams in the Premier League to less than one um, ex- expected goal against us. So, um, you know, we're conceding less than less than one XGA, if you like. Um, and that does include Palace in that list, who, of course, had one shot. Um and and of those eight games, we've won twice and we've drawn six times. Um, so of course, it's not fantastic that you know we, we perhaps conceded some of the goals that we have done in those games. But, but that includes lots of leads in that list. That includes Liverpool um, as well, a uh, Fulham side who are now in good form. Um, and fundamentally, that, that we haven't lost those games is really really important. Of course, that I know many people have pointed us out to be sort of the draw specialists. Um, but but you know, I was looking at uh, sort of the relative table earlier on today, looking obviously our results against other teams, sort of. Uh, in the table, and because they, they mentioned it on Sky yesterday, that I think um, Arsenal on 11th is the only team that we've lost to in the bottom half of this season. Um, and it's really important to not let teams around you gain points. And as soon as you start getting a win or a couple of wins, those draws suddenly start to look a hell of a lot better, that you haven't lost as many games. And I think that's really, really promising for us going forward. The fact that, you know, not only are XGA numbers low in general compared to teams around us, that they're low sort of consistently in games, that, that we're not quite being as bad as lead to. Um, you know, we'll have games that are, that are huge numbers wise. Um, I think part of, of the reason I was nervous as well yesterday, Charlie, was the fact that knowing how many goals they score and concede at 1 0, I was thinking, surely this, this won't end by sort of a 1 0 scoreline. Um, but they had very few actual shots, actual chances. There had lots of opportunities, I think, where, you know, they played quite a few good, good half space passes where sort of um, there that, that was a good good one that I think led to a corner that was a nice sort of diagonal pass um, for sort of a straight run. Um, they were getting in behind. But because they're playing with just Bamford on his own up front, I think that, it, you know, what, what stood out to me instantly was that we had enough players to man-mark in sort of in the penalty area when players would come in. Um, and Dunk almost became sort of that, that spare player who, you know, would would be tasked by looks of it with sort of clearing the ball from the cross. So uh, I wasn't too worried on that front. It, it was sort of how they might hit us when, you know, sort of Webster stepped in with the ball, who... You know, once again, was amazing. I know, I know, we talk about him every week, and just how good he's going forward. And um, you know, getting even closer to, to that goal. I think it's 17 shots now without scoring, so he's going to get there. And hopefully, it'll be a really good goal when he does. Um, but you know, once again, he was someone that I, I pointed out on on a Leeds pod as well before the game, as you know, with how high they press and the gaps that they leave. That he's someone who, and he did on multiple occasions. Um, I think sort of per ball carry, he was averaging 10 yards, which is is, is quite a lot sort of per carry. Um, was really sort of stepping in on, on more than one occasion, um, and he's looking even more confident to do so as well, which is really really fantastic. Um, to sort of answer your question more, Charles, I and I sort of digressed a bit there. Um, in terms of sort of possession and pragmatism, that I suppose it will more come down to the opponent because you know there's games this season where against Sheffield United um, and against Burnley. So against Burnley, we conceded the same xGA as against Leeds. Against Burnley, with 61% of the ball, 35% against Leeds, um, 72% of possession against Sheffield United. Um, so it, it really varies. When you, when you look at the games that we've conceded, you know, few chances in. against Liverpool, we had 40% of the ball. Um, it, it really seems to depend on the opponent um, and how really it might be exploiting how they best sort of set up. And I think maybe the possession number itself might be a bit misleading. It might be more how we approach it tactically. I think it's important not to get lost in that sort of possession statistic and say, OK, if we're, if we're going to be pragmatic, how are we going to be pragmatic? But also, you know, what are we going to do when we haven't got the ball? So, um, I was particularly interested to sort of see the pressing strategy um, on Saturday. I thought Pascal Gross seemed to step forward a lot to press, and uh, we seemed quite content to sort of allow them, allow them to have the ball sort of down their right-hand side, down our left. Uh, my initial worry, worry, if I can speak properly, um, with, with that was sort of uh, Luke start threat going forward, um, in terms of progressing the ball, getting the ball into the final third. But then I thought at the same time, you know, Sonny March and Dan Byrne are, are quite a strong pairing, as much sort of criticism as as Byrne seems to get that they're really good pairing defensively. Um, and as well in the first half, I think Rafinha showed sort of five minutes in with that cross, he sort of fizzed across the face that Eileen nearly got on the end of. That You know, maybe they would cause us more of a threat on the left-hand side. Obviously, I know that, that would be something that Potter set up to sort of deliberately, tactically exploit. Um, so I think that, you know, it's important, as much as we do like statistics, let's not get sort of bogged down in sort of the possession um, number itself. I was particularly impressed to see how direct we seem to be. Um, I know Tao got some stick for that and sort of trying to release, I think, high early on, um, sort of in behind or whoever he was trying to play in. Um, But we were still averaging about 30 passes per shot, um, which is about the same as we were averaging in the second half against Wolves, which, you know, sort of shows how direct we were being. Um, And I was really impressed with that and and a good combination, I felt, of decision making going forward of, you know, when players opted to carry us or Webster a couple of times that the ball maybe bobbled funny. As you mentioned, Charlie, sort of how bad the pitch was that, um, you know, a really professional performance. Um, And one, I was was nervous towards the end, but I never felt as though we, we couldn't do it. Um Rob Sanchez did what he needed to at uh, a couple of stops, uh, sort of came to uh corner quite nicely in the first half and and swept up quite well as well. And I thought the one of the things I did note down in the first half was how direct Leeds were prepared to be in terms of playing onto our back line and sort of trying to pick up the second ball or even going in behind. And I thought, you know, that's really the sort of thing that you need. I am sure Matty Ryan would have done the same job. Um, but you know, if you're gonna play a really strong back line that's gonna try and offside trap players, that you need a keeper who can sort of sweep up. So um the pragmatic approach for me made more sense against Leeds. Given how good they are on the press um, and just sort of how vulnerable they can be to sort of counter attacks. Yeah, I have
0: to agree. I think um, no one can argue that the uh, the approach that we took against Leeds was was very well effective and and really, I mean, as you said, you know that left side dealt with dealt with things pretty well. Um, Ailing obviously offers a very specific threat, a great ball carrier, as you mentioned. Um, I think that just as as a, as a bit of a footnote, that Burn and Webster on the left and right, respectively. Um, I, I think they offer a lot attacking laterally as as, as centre-backs um, bringing the ball out. Webster particularly is very proficient at this. I think the grass was a bit of a nightmare. Webster brought the ball out from the back quite a few times, but you could see him sort of stumbling over it as he was trying to carry it on, on a really awful pitch. Um, so, you know, with with better conditions, you know, I think Leeds would have done better. We would have done better. Um, it was probably for the best that that both teams were inhibited a little bit. Um, in in the sense that we scored first, and, and, and therefore you know we didn't have to be so um so um kind of going for it in terms of what we were what we were trying to do, and, and we didn't have to risk so much. Looking at our history of possession in games, we see a lot was made of a slightly more pragmatic approach. Um, post lockdown, uh, in the final nine games of the season, um, I think where well, we beat Arsenal. Um, in, that, in that very late dramatic game mm. with only 1% possession and then we uh, managed to go away to Norwich and get an absolutely crucial win with just 42% mm. possession also um, and, and I believe in the rest of the games I think as far as I can see here 11 out of the, uh, the 12 points that we got um, sorry 11 out of 12 points that we, came, um, that we got came in matches where we didn't have the, mo- uh, the mm. most possession in the game uh, and it was only uh, Newcastle Surprise! Surprise! At home, of course. Um, that we had sixty-three percent possession, but the rest of them thirty-four percent away at Leicester, thirty-two percent at Southampton. You know, this is this is something that you know we 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 we're not alien to not having the ball. Mm. Um, I think we prefer it. I think Potter prefers having the ball, um, but in any case, it is something that we can do um, without a problem. Having looked, I mean, Aston Villa away this season is probably the one that stands out 46% possession and and, and a 2-1 victory um my so there's sort of two things that I'd, I'd, I'd want to bring up it's number one in the Villa game I think that we benefit in an attacking sense when we have less possession which sounds a bit counterintuitive but I think we do attack better against out of position or disjointed defenses if we can counterattack we haven't really been able to do it to the most proficient extent since lamptey's been injured but i think we do like you take the the goal that um that welbeck scored obviously early on in, in the villa game defence all over the place and it was it was picked apart in terms of the poor positioning from from a throw in but having that kind of space to run into and and to be able to attack a a disorganized defence is really beneficial so i think we benefit in an attacking sense when we don't have the ball so much Um, And, say, Leandro Trosselt's goal against Norwich on the the counter-attack, you know, squared across on the run. Norwich had the majority of the ball the whole time. One mistake in behind, ball across. Nice nice and easy and there's lots of space to run into. But I think we do, I think you leave yourself in a situation where you're likely to concede more chances or more high-quality chances. If you Mm. take the Villa game, for example, we had a little bit more uh, especially in the first half in terms of being able to run in behind. Um, space and, and Villa were probably the protagonist in the game. But I'm trying to remember now, Watkins, I think Trior, was it Trezeguet? No, Trezeguet was the one who missed the absolutely horrendous chance uh, that he absolutely had to score. And we had a couple of those. And, and I think Villa, you know, can be fair to say that they they really did um you know, they really could have expected to score more goals than than they did and they should have have been more clinical. Mm. So I guess, as you say, it it does depend on the opposition. Um, The one caveat that I would like to also draw on is that when we do have more possession than the opposition, we have to ensure that that means that we don't concede, that, you know, we have to reap the defensive benefits of that. And I think we've been relatively good at it say Palace away again you know hate to bring it up but they didn't deserve anything whatsoever and they were very very lucky um not just you know I don't think we created all that much we deserved you know a goal let's say but I you know they they did absolutely nothing in terms of going forward so the the correct result I guess in inverted commas is is a 1-0 Albion win the the worst one in my mind is the 3-1 defeat at Bournemouth last year where Hmm. we backed for about twenty-five, thirty minutes, and we couldn't, we couldn't carve them open. And then they had the spell. And you know, sometimes inevitably, you you know that you are going to have opposition who in the Premier League who are going to have a bit of a moment in the game. And if you've controlled the game and you've been trying to carve chances out and you've been taking shots and trying to draw out the opposition for thirty minutes, you can't let them score two goals in five. It doesn't make, you know, this is not a sustainable kind of way of You have to be able to ride out the moments of pressure. And that is ultimately what possession can do for you. It can relieve that pressure. It can ensure, you know, the old adages that the opposition can't score if they don't have the ball. And people get nervous. People twitch at us kind of passing the ball around the back in dangerous areas. Uh, obviously, ideally, we'd love to be having possession in their half. Um, we say maybe Newcastle away. We had, um, I think, it's like 71% possession. Um, this was not this year, of course, the year before, uh, and a nil-nil. But we limited them to very, very little. And I think possession can be used. You know, it's sort of counterintuitive. You expect when you have the ball, it's kind of a proactive thing. You're, what are you doing with the ball? But I think it's important to recognise what's also not happening, and that is opposition attacks. Mm-hmm. So, me, I think there, there's a significant benefit defensively to having the ball, uh, and I think there's a significant benefit offensively to not having the ball. And that is my conclusion. Um, Ideally, we attack amazingly with the ball. That is that is what I've managed to draw from from this uh, from this history of possession. Um, In any case, I think that it is a as you say, it's a depending on the opposition kind of situation. And with our with our next game, I suspect that Fulham being the away side will sit in and will go for. Another draw, another draw to add to there because they're trying to beat us, I think, in terms of <laughs> the amount of draws this season.
1: It's really quite interesting, an interesting one as a debate. I think what's important to not get lost in as well is the fact of how perhaps waste we've been in front of goal at times. That um, if you take, for instance, the Sheffield United game, that, that was a particularly high possession one, but you know, Conley and your hand bash both missing big chances. That I think it's maybe a bit false to, to take clearly the result that if you look at maybe our possession with, with XG, as Charlie's mentioned, that it, it might come out sort of more. Um, as more of a correlation, um, and that the bigger point of it is either lesser the number and more what you're doing with or without the ball. Um, I think quite interestingly, sort of our our, our pressing is something that that is really just having to look at the numbers, it's really interested me. Um the the game against Leeds, we attempted just nine tackles, won six of them. That's our second lowest number of tackles attempted in a game this season. Um Newcastle was the lowest, obviously, as we've had so much of the ball. Sheffield United was was just above Leeds. Uh, the ten tackles attempted, eleven against West Ham and Burnley, fifteen against Fulham, and so on and so forth. Um, but that really stands out to me, Charlie, in terms of you know sitting back um, and from a pressing perspective, we applied one hundred and fifty three pressures, um, which is is a hell of a lot. Our, our fourth most, of this, our fourth most of the season, um, and that's also among our top four for um, the, the final third pressures, thirty seven in the final third. So. It's really interesting to see that perhaps f- from a strategy, if we look at it more than maybe just just the number in, in itself, that you know we were we were p- prepared to press, but not necessarily with the intention to to win the ball back. That we weren't always pressing to directly sort of steal it off players. That again, this probably comes down to how expansive leads are, but um, and maybe teams exploited us in sort of the same way that you know when teams play so expansively against you that you don't need to tackle players. That gaps would already appear, and if you can win the ball back, sort of as Dan Burns showed that you know you can draw teams onto you um, and you can open them up. So I think it's really interesting to consider. If you're going to look at possession, consider sort of the wider statistics as well. Um, consider how sort of how we're attacking or how teams are attacking against us. I think that we've shown in games that you know we've fundamentally been best where we are a real sort of direct attacking team. I think that that maybe the goal on Saturday is is maybe sort of the perfect combination of playing the Potter. um and not set to Houston side play defensively because Potter's shown that he's happy to sort of deep block sides and mid block sides, and I think that. It's unfair to tie that to a manager and that all good managers, Guardiola shows it, Klopp shows it, that, you know, you will sit back against teams when you have to. Um, not necessarily as an act of respect, but an act of, you know, if you go and press leads as a side who create so much that you probably are better off sitting back and sitting deep and absorbing. Um, so I, I think it, it's more a case of how we do attack and at times it's become a bit sort of stale in the final third where, and it happened once or twice at Ellen Road where, you know, we had the ball in the final third. Um, But they've got numbers behind the ball, and I think that's where it becomes problematic. Having looked at sort of our big chances earlier on this season, you know, and and fundamentally, shot clarity is huge. People want to look at XG, and there's some real good pieces from StatsBomb, which I think I mentioned before, but, you know, even more paramount now that if you look into them in terms of shot clarity and shot height, that these are two huge, huge influences on XG. I'm not sure if InfoGoal or the XG philosophy consider those sorts of things uh, in terms of shot height. Um, and shot clarity, just in terms of players between the ball um, and, and the goalkeeper, can really, really sort of lower xG. So you, you can, you got to remember that with the amount of times we've had shots blocked this season, there are more players in the way that doesn't get players a clear sight of goal. Some really interesting stuff from the people at StatsBomb. What they're saying is that it's less a case of where you are on the pitch; it's more, more a case of how clear the shot is. You know, if you're 25 yards out from goal but you've got a clear sight of the goal, you know, you're better off shooting than, than maybe sort of working it wide. So it's really interesting to see how we sort of play our style. And sometimes, you know, as good as possession can be, as Charlie was saying, it's a case of where do you want the ball? How do you want to use it? If you're using it to maybe sort of recycle possession, to keep hold of the ball, to sort of draw teams out to you, um, or even just to sort of kill time, fantastic. That can be really good. But if you're having sort of too much of the ball in the final third, that teams get back. And unless you're sort of a really elite side, it's really hard to have that final ball or that good attacking pattern to sort of break teams down as we've we've struggled with a bit this season. Um, and on the, on the contrary to that, the more of the ball that we have, Especially in the final third, as we saw against sort of Sheffield United um, and other teams this season, that teams will hit you on the counter. Um, and when you play so expansively and you commit such numbers forward, um, you know it, it can be really, really difficult to defend those counter attacks. We were the worst side pre-lockdown last season at defending them, um, which is no surprise really given the numbers we commit forward. Um, and it, I think that's—I don't know about you, Charlie—but for me, that made it even sweeter to sort of put in the end of a goal against Leeds that I feel like we have conceded a lot of ourselves. Um, so to score one of those felt felt really pleasing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, any goal against Leeds, let's be honest mm-hmm. uh, with Ben White on the pitch is is, is going to be is going to feel sweet. Um, I, I have to say g- just generally the performance level has, has maintained a, 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 a decent level, um, a, go- a really good level. In fact, I'd be I'd be kind of a bit more a um, bit more positive even and, and, and say that, you know, this 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 result has been coming. Um, Leeds weren't really able to do much against us, um, as you say. I think that the I'm honourable mention for Davy Propper's beautiful kind of body swerves towards the end of the game, going towards goal. No, Mm. the court now towards goal, and no, brilliant stuff Um, and being smart in that sense, keeping the ball. Um, I was getting frustrated a little bit at Tao. He mentioned a bit earlier, Um, Mm. just because I didn't think he was really. You know, you don't have to press really high. Um, but I felt like his positioning and he wasn't really closing down uh, passing lanes or doing anything mm-hmm. productive in terms of uh, his defensive shape. He wasn't really giving enough. Um, and then, you know, on the ball, he wasn't able to hold it. I understand, you know, if you're up against three or four potentially defenders, centre-halves or whatever, then, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, a little mention as well in terms of our general um, kind of playing style and, and performance level um, as, as we move to the end. Comments from Guardiola after um, last Wednesday's game um, were glowing, uh, as we all expected, and and it's oft mocked that, uh, you know, absolutely delighted that a team comes to the Etihad and gives his team lots of chances and lots of space to Mm. play. Um, It wasn't really the case. Uh, I think we gave City a really good game. I didn't think they were at their best. I think if they were more ruthless, then, you know, you you have to wonder what levels they can get to. So, you know, you never really know how... the game will go and how the players will react. But if I may read, um, Guardiola suggests that Potter is the best English manager right now. The players are good. Every pass makes sense. Every movement of the people between the lines and up front makes sense. Every player is in his position to get the ball to be free. When I saw all the games, I see them being better than the opponent. They play better. Statistics are better. And they're struggling to score goals. And that's why they're in this position. And You know, we we've touched on it before in terms of, you know, the the simplistic kind of solution to our to our problem um, and suggestions that we need a new striker, etc. We just need to score goals, or or even worse, um, it doesn't matter about playing good football. We should just win. We should just win the games. Winning is more important. And indeed, Mm -hmm. I completely concur with all those who suggest this. However, we have to think about what is the most productive way. Almost um, most likely way you're going to win. You're not going to win games by playing badly. And actually, probably one final thing, if we say Burnley away the last game of, of last season, I was looking at the possession statistics for, for our discussion about whether we're better with or without mm-hmm. the majority at the time. We had, I think, 46% possession. And realistically, I think, I think the Connolly goal is a, is a great example of the benefit of not having as much possession. Mm-hmm. on the break down the line, um, using pasty players to get him behind, his favoured half spaces we've talked about so much and a, and a really nice finish. And then the other goal was a very low percentage, you know, cracker from Basuma. And it's and it's those sort of things that you have to bear in mind is that if you're mm-hmm. not controlling the game, if you're not being proactive and probing, you can't rely on Basuma to crack one in from 25 yards every game. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, as we know... Jakob Moda is is with the squad now, and we know that he likes a shot. So obviously, signing oh, like to score from distance—that's a problem solved there. We just passed him mm-hmm. anywhere within thirty yards. That's basically a guaranteed goal. So he um, he comes straight into the side, I assume. Um, but in any case, I think I think it's clear that you know you d- you get different gives and takes with how much you have the ball, how much you will you're willing to give the opposition. Um, you know you can't have complete control of any game all of the time uh, you have to pick your moments and, and being clinical and that's a quality thing that's a quality thing and a confidence thing mm. finally before we uh, wrap up i think we'd better mention the the big news of today which is Tarek lampty's um contract extension yes completely well deserved brilliant news for us um slight worries suggestions you know whenever you get a frankie world-class talent um on your books you you, you know you you regret that you're not going to see him for very long and indeed we haven't seen him basically at all i was lucky enough to go to the um chelsea friendly and see him in the flesh i can confirm he's quite fast <laughs> that he uh defensively exceptional um offensively majestic i don't think there's too much you know there's not much more we can say we did a pod uh mm. that basically spent 40 minutes talking about how good he is and how how good he can be mm. Hopefully we see him back um, from from his injury at the moment. He's kind of had a bit of a setback, but fingers crossed he, he comes back into the fold sooner rather than later. With a more positive outlook after an important victory away and with him potentially coming back into the side, you know, do, do you see him having a really positive impact in the second half of the season? Do you think we can kick on now?
1: I, I think it's harsh to put too much sort of pressure and emphasis on him. Um, what I will say is that I think Joel Velma has been absolutely fantastic. Um, we might not touch it too much in this pod. Um, you know, one of the things that we, we really want to discuss is sort of who would our sort of new player, if you like, of the season be. That obviously, if we don't just say signer, we can include Ben White. But, but I think Joe velman has been nothing short of outstanding. Um, I was particularly impressed against Wolves from sort of a non-statistical perspective. Um, there are, I think, two occasions where he had a really good first touch to sort of beat an opponent that, that led to a chance being created. His, his sort of passes and frequency of getting into the final third uh, is really, really good. Obviously, his final ball is going to lack. Um, he's, you know, by trade, sort of a full-back, centre-back player who hasn't been relied on sort of putting a final ball in. So, you know, maybe someone like, he, uh, someone like him uh, probably wouldn't play with Lamptey, but, you know, it's, he's the sort of player that you'd want, um, like you would be sort of a passer-grosser on McAllister, um, to get into advanced locations and be someone to sort of combine with Lamptey, um, who, of course, gives us a threat of, of winning fouls, driving at players. Um, maybe makes us a bit less lopsided than what we've maybe looked at times when we've, you know, we've been attacking quite asymmetrically down the left. Um, but I think Joel Veltman's done more than enough to sort of still warrant a place. Um, and, and in terms of sort of the money that we paid for him, um, it's been sort of a really, really good siding. Um, and again, it will be sort of how how teams sort of choose to sort of defend against us. Obviously, looking at in the near future, we've, we've got the likes of Tottenham, uh, Burnley and Palace, who, you know, we all expect to probably sit quite deep against us. Um, obviously, when Lamptey's back, is remains to be seen. You know, it does feel at times maybe like the, the medical staff seem to kick players who, you know, seem to have a knock and then spend about three months out. Um, but I'm sure that Potts and everyone wants sort of Lamptey um, back fully fit. Uh, he was on sort of a, a great run of form, put up some really good numbers. Uh, there's a piece over on Patreon that's free to read for, for the month of January. Um, if anyone would, would like to read it, looking at sort of Terry Lamptey's numbers. Um, exceptional going forward. Uh, of course, it would sort of, you know, it, it's where does he slot back in now? It, does, does Veltman necessarily deserve to, um, deserve to lose his place? It's probably like a conversation for another day. Um, so obviously excited to see what he can do. Um, obviously, he's probably got one eye on, on the Euro sort of coming up this summer. Um, England could probably field a team of quality right backs. But, um, he, you know, he's, he's still got a lot to prove. I think it's important to note that as good as he is, he's perhaps nowhere near the level that he wants to be. Um, wh- whether we see him in, in the blue and white for a long time remains to be seen. But what the club have done is ensure that if he's off anywhere soon, that we'll get a substantial fee for him. And hopefully, that's testament, you know, as I'm sure with all, a lot of the academy players sort of blooming through now. Would that be sort of out on loan? Um, obviously, um Hadjo made his debut at City, who again looks quite quite exciting, quite direct. Admittedly, he's less of a graduate, someone that got brought in. Um, but obviously, with, with Sanchez this season, um, Malumbi, um, I'm definitely going to forget going to forget some players. But you know, there, there's been plenty of sort of under 23s that, that have come to fruition. Um, and I think Lampty's another great example, as is probably Ben White, of the club being able to pick up players, you know, just under the age of 18 and sort of bring them through the club and sort of make a quality player out of them. So excited to see what Lamptey can sort of kick on and do. And sort of quite a favourable, dare I say it, sort of fixture coming up. I know we've been in sort of a good side in February, but if I sort of read you through our next sort of eight, I think roughly fixtures, Charlie, it's Blackpool in the Cup, which provide probably one of the best opportunities to sort of undo or, you know, sort of end the the home hoodoo streak, if you like. We've then got Fulham and Tottenham at home. So we've gone from the three-way games on the bounce to, um, th- three at home. Obviously, Tot- Tottenham have been dropping a few points recently, uh, admittedly through draws, but they've shown that, you know, Son is, you know, the XG gods are coming back to bite him, which hopefully is something that, you know, we can take some solace from is that you, you do get elite finishers. Um, Spurs are pretty close to us in terms of XG this season and it sort of just shows the difference between world-class finishing and, and less world-class finishing. Um, but, you know, you keep creating those chances and-, and one caveat for that would be that, you know, Mapai's goal at, at Leeds, uh, another goal that was on the floor, Um particularly when I ran some of the numbers over the season that we were about average XGY sort of foot finishes, um, left and right foot, but headed chances we just didn't seem to score as many. Not saying that Mapai and Connolly can't head the ball, but just from the chances of the season they've been a bit more wasteful. Obviously up until Dunk headed home for the equaliser against Wolves, I think that was our second headed goal of the season. Um, so we maybe not be as pl- as prolific in the, in the air as um, some of the opponents that we'll come up against. So it'd be interesting to see obviously if still looks to utilise crosses um, in sort of the, the way that he has in previous games. Um, but Fulham, Tottenham, Liverpool, Burnley, Villa, Palace uh, and West Brom make up sort of the end of January and February. So, you know, really targeting quite a few points there. And, you know, we could go into March, hopefully with quite a healthy points total. Um, I think I could be wrong, but there was a, there was a Northland chat post that I really liked. Um, someone has created some form of tracker for 40 points. I think it's based on opposition quality in various things throughout the season. And, and we are yeah. one point over the, the um, well, where you would want to be at that stage if you were aiming for 40 points. So, you know, it's important not to get carried away. This is one win. You know, we're still on less than kind a of point per game, which obviously I presume Potter will, you know, he said that points and wins are the only real measurement of our improvement. And, and I do agree with him. You know, some glowing comments of guardiola they are great, but unfortunately they don't keep you in the league. And that uh, as good as we are going forward, Potter wants to 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 show for it. Um, and, you know, I've, I've said to other people that we could probably be a really devastating side if, if we get to run a formal together. That, you know, this season we went on a run of, of three wins at the start, you know, with a couple of cup wins as well. Um, and, and then, you know, gave United a really good really good game at home. Um, so hopefully, as you know, sort of opponents start to be a bit less clinical against us um, and, and we start to put a few more chances away. Hopefully we can still see a real sort of regression towards sort of the mean. And, and if that is to be the case, then that means, you know, a fair few goals, a fair few points to sort of start cashing in on an RXG. Um, could be in for some really exciting times ahead, and hopefully, maybe in a, maybe in a small cup run to, to go alongside that.
0: Yeah, cup run would be be very welcome indeed. The tracker um, on North Central is 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 really really good. Actually, mm. uh, it's one of the things that I like to to keep on. It's very um, it's broad, which means that it's it's very reassuring in the sense that uh, it's indiscriminate. It's just you know it's just numbers, and and, mm. and there's an opportunity to overperform quite a lot. You end up kind of going into games, you know, expecting nothing and and anything is bonus. And our shocking home form uh, is kind of accentuated and made more depressing, but our decent away form is is Mm. highlighted and and made even better. Um, In any case, that tracker prior to Leeds um, required us to get seven home wins before the end of the season, which sounds like a very daunting prospect. But then you remember or you see that it, uh, has us down for zero away wins, which we've already, um, which we've already bought the trend of. And that's there not, that's not a legitimate prediction, um, no. for clarification for anybody who um, is not familiar with it. It's just predicated on 40 points achieved by beating the teams in the bottom 10 at home and drawing with them away and getting nothing home and away at all of the top 10 sides. And, and that is, you know, a nice, simple way of doing it. And obviously mm. we will look to, you know, overperform let's say against the teams in the top 10 and get mm. some big draws and, and and occasional wins um as, as the season goes on and i am pretty confident that we will kick on into the second half of the season i think generally as we've mentioned the performance level has been good mm. Be pleased with the players that um that we have um the exciting the personalities good on the pitch and we'll maybe talk about this in a in a different pod we'll wrap this one up but um i would as a final thought i, I like I like our players. I think there's good personality there. There's mm. good ethos. Um, the players feel human. And for me, that's something that is important. Um, obviously, for many, it doesn't mean much if, if you're losing every week, but we're not. We're playing well. We're, you know, stuttering. We're, we're finding our feet with a new style of play. It is a process and it is uh, kind of a, a longer term project to, to use that term. Um, but, you know, these are the kind of, Kind of kinks and and issues that you're going to have if you if you commit to something like that. If you want a longer term kind of explosion mm. of of benefits. In any case, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. That is that is all from us. Anything to add, Liam, before we before we wrap up?
1: I, I don't think so at all. Obviously, looking forward to to the Blackpool game. Um, Haven't had sort of three games in, in six days. it would be nice for maybe some of the the more senior first team players to have a rest. See, obviously some of the youth talent be, be fielded. Hopefully, you know, undo or get that elusive home win and sort of really kick on with sort of big games against um, some, some London opposition. Um, a, a really sort of random statistic is that Neil Mappai, obviously, he's now got four goals against Leeds, his most against any English opposition. Um, has a ridiculous amount of goals against Yorkshire opposition in his whole career. He seems to score almost exclusively against Yorkshire opposition and sort of London opposition at Brighton. Um, so, obviously, coming now to play Fulham and Tottenham, um, hopefully, he can sort of add to, I know he scored against Spurs uh, last campaign and, and he must have scored for Brentford for Fulham and um, I feel like it's, it's probably a, a rite of passage to be to be good in, in beat fans eyes so um, a lot of promise and, uh, and, and a lot that uh, a lot of points to be won so yeah we, we look forward to, to catch up with you guys soon and hopefully have an even even bigger points total
0: yeah fingers crossed we look forward to seeing fingers crossed Jakob Moda um, Michael Carbonic maybe... too yeah fingers crossed. I, I mean i'm not sure if he'll be but i hope he's available um, and whether he'll, he'll feature is, is, another, is another question. Mm. But yeah, we, we, we do hope to see those players. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Leeds game as, as much as we did. And we will see you in the next episode.